Our cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four minute sets and four minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, seven to nine with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, six to eight. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. Come in 
after work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight.
Good morning, mutineers. Fight the power. Which side are you on? Tough week for the labor movement, but... Los Angeles local. 
Local 47 Musicians Union and a proud card-carrying member of the Industrial Workers of the World. And it's my honor to stand shoulder to shoulder with you today as we show the country and we show the world that we are not going to take this bullshit they're trying to force down our throats in the Midwest, and that's not coming here. I went to Madison about a week after the demonstration started, and the day I was there, there were more people on the streets of Madison, Wisconsin, than there were in Cairo, Egypt. And I, the people of Madison gave me a message to tell you that they are not going to give up, they are not going to give in, they are going to get Governor Walken, those Republican senators, out of a job, and they are going to hold on to their rights. gave them a message from the people of Los Angeles and that is that we are going to stand with them and not only are we going to fight for their rights but we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state in our homes and in our community because the future of labor's rights in the United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts it's not going to be decided in Congress it's not going to be decided on talk radio and it sure as shit is not going to be decided on Fox News working people's rights in this country is going to be decided on the streets of Wisconsin, on the streets of Indiana, on the streets of Ohio, on the streets of Florida, and on the streets of Los Angeles, California. Which leads to the first song in my program today. Brothers and sisters, this is a fighting song. This first song I'm going to play for you a freedom song. The jam that I'm about to drop on your collective ass, Los Angeles, is a union song. For the fight auto workers who are twisted, tricked, and robbed. For the peasant in Guatemala in a sweatshop got your job. And she can't feed her family on the pennies that she makes. Meanwhile, the crime rate's rising up and down the Great Lakes. Vegetables left in the field, signatures smell rotten on the contracts and the deeds. Push the race down to the bottom. Say load the rubber bullets, say fire another round. I'm heading to the tear gas. Dig in, man, hold your ground. For Joe Hill and Cesar Chavez, who fought in their own time. For our brothers, our sisters, up and down that picket line. For the unnamed and unnumbered who struggle brave and long. For the union men and women standing up and standing it's appropriate to cheer loudly now, people. Si nos queremos juntos, vamos a ganar. Si, y'all hit them where it hurts and bite the hand that feeds. You might get one to three or probation and a fine. Well, I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be right on that front line. Bojo Hill and Cesar Chavez. Our sisters up and down that picket line For the unnamed and unnumbered Who struggle brave and long For the union men and women Standing up and standing strong
All right, stop clapping. Back to the serious shit. <laughs> now dirty scabs across the line, while others stand aside and look. But ain't nobody never got nothing that didn't raise their voice and push. Like the steelwork in Ohio, the miner in West Virginia, the teacher in Wisconsin, janitor in Mississippi, from the sweatshops of LA to the fields of Mission Flat, there's a thunder cloud exploding. I'm free at last. Joe Hill and Jesus shot this. Fought in their own time, like our brothers, our sisters, up and down that picket line. Like the unnamed and unnumbered who struggle brave and long, like the union men and women standing up and standing strong. Like the unnamed and unnumbered who struggle brave and long, like the union men and women standing up and standing strong. Good morning to you, mutineers. This is The Bee and it's Labor and Love. The show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is where you work, you're probably on the menu and never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor when I say labor I mean you labor and love radio show where the labor meets the road good morning everybody and I can't deny it it's been a tough week for labor not only was the Janus decision finally dropped on our heads which really cuts into the effectiveness of public sector unions. We'll run that down a little bit later. But kids are being taken away from their parents at the U.S. border, ladies and gentlemen. Is this a proud day for the United States? Oh, you bet it is. We're going to keep those people out. A little bit later, we're going to play what amounts to poem of the Chicano people, the people who are coming here, who live here in the United States and there in the countries to the south. Our government goes uh, into their country, meddles with their internal affairs, pays tons of money to their police and fascist death squads in the form of uh, drug money, actually. The war against drugs. Big handout for police and paramilitary groups who are now pretty autonomous in the countries to the south. I've gotten so much over the years that now they pretty much go around and do whatever they want. Uh, well, let's let's get on with our show here. 
We started out with Fight the Power with Chuck D and his uh, Rage Against the Machine, also Tom Morello. Which Side Are You On by Dropkick Murphy. And ladies and gentlemen, Which Side Are You On? It's time to get off the fence. The government is waging an all-out war against workers and their organizations. Somehow it's okay for corporations to be people, but it's not okay for unions to ask to be paid a little bit for the work they do on behalf of all workers. Okay, let's start out. I think we better get to the uh, immigration laws. This is from CBS News, and I chose it because even though CBS News is a pretty much part of the whole government corporate machine that's trying to take us down. The situation is so dire that even they are appalled by it. Here it is. In just a moment, Alex Wagner is here with us. The battle over the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy on immigration is intensifying, with lawmakers in both parties condemning it as cruel and inhumane. The administration still defends the strategy. Thousands of people protested across Texas yesterday. They accused the administration of punishing undocumented children by removing them from their parents. The Department of Homeland Security confirms 1,995 children were separated from their parents between April 19th and May 31st. Gail is in McAllen, Texas, leading our team along the southern border. She has been talking to parents recently reunited with their children. Right now, she's at a Border Patrol facility where hundreds of migrant families are being detained. A lot of people are deeply distressed about this story. Good morning. I'm one of those people deeply distressed. I am so glad we're here and that we have a team here to bring a light as to what's happening. We landed yesterday afternoon, Alex. We jumped in a car, drove an hour, and we went to a location where parents had just been reunited with their kids. Some of them had been separated for as long as six days. And all I can say to you is this, the Statue of Liberty, based on the stories that I heard and the people that I talked to and the things I saw with my own eyes, the Statue of Liberty is really weeping today. But let's start here exactly where we are. Behind me, this converted warehouse is the first stop for many of the undocumented families caught at the southern border. It's where federal officials try to weed out criminals. An executive officer at this center told us, and by the way, look at this center. It's a nondescript, unmarked building, and that it, it is built that way for a reason. They don't want you to know exactly what happens behind that building. The 55,000-square-foot facility can hold about 1,500 people. Yesterday, more than 1,000 were being processed here. That includes more than 500 families, 197 un unaccompanied children. David Begnaud was part of a select group of reporters who got to see inside the facility. So David, what did you see? It was rare that they let you inside. What did you see? Yeah, we saw people in cages. They cages? Cages. They looked like animal kennels. We could not record anything. We couldn't talk to anyone. All they allowed us to do was take notes. So here's what we saw. There were cages with fathers and kids. There were other cages with mothers and kids. In one place, there was a cage of just children. Unaccompanied minors were told to cross the border alone. 
Some had blank looks on their faces, some were smiling and walking around. We had 15 minutes to document everything. These are the images the government gave us to show you of the Rio Grande Valley Processing Center. The facility appears to be clean and sterile. Children and adults are seen huddled together in the building that's divided up into chain-link fencing that looks like a cage. Monique Graham is an executive officer at the center. She says parents without an extensive criminal history will not be separated from their children if the child is four years old or younger. What happens if you're five and older and your mother or father doesn't have a significant criminal history? The, ch the child will not be prosecuted, right. the adult will. Under the Trump administration's zero tolerance policy, every adult who comes into the country illegally is sent to see a judge for possible prosecution. And that is when the parent is separated from the child. That separation can be just a few hours, or if the parent is sent to jail, it can be weeks, months, or even years. That was just an administrative decision. Yes. Not a law. Correct. We saw detainees eating snacks. We're told they get two hot meals a day. They can take showers every other day, and their clothes are laundered. People continue coming in in bigger numbers, bigger numbers. Manuel Padilla Jr., the Border Patrol's Rio Grande sector chief, says agents have apprehended 108,000 people so far this year, including more than 39,000 parents and their children, and 14,500 minors who arrived at the border by themselves. What does separating families help you do? There is no policy to separate families. The zero tolerance policy is intended to deter people from breaking the law, adults. Congressman Peter Welsh represents Vermont. He toured the facility yesterday. What can a congressman from Vermont do to stop it? Well, a congressman from Vermont alone can't do much, but many congressmen and many Americans speaking out can turn it around. This is un-American. It's appalling and it's unnecessary. At this facility where we are, detainees stay here for no longer than 72 hours. And Border Patrol says what they try and do is actually put the children separated from their parents with other family members already living in the U.S. But Gail, sometimes that can take up to 57 days. Get this, since the zero tolerance policy went into effect in May, more than 1,100 kids just at this facility have been separated from their parents. It is a very complicated story. And the bottom line is that people, despite all that they've been through, want to be in this country. They worked hard to get here and they want to stay. Thank Thank you, David. Thank you very much. You always paint such a picture. This is no ordinary. Okay, that's CBS News. Pretty right-wing anyway, CBS News, but even they are appalled at this policy. Proud day for the United States, isn't it? where we separate children from their families. And the picture of the little girl looking up at the people around her, weeping. Welcome to the U.S., says Time Magazine, with Trump facing the little girl who's weeping. Uh, okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about Janice. Uh, What's the big deal about the Janus decision? Well, the big deal is this. Up to now, unions that represent public sector workers who are unions are required by law to represent all public sector workers, even non-union members, in negotiations and in... Um, 
court appearances. In other words, if your boss tells you you got to work till 12 midnight and then wake up and open up the store at 6 and you say you don't want to and your boss says, well, then you get fired. If you're not a union member even, the union is required to represent you in court. Now, so what, what's been happening is, uh, from the Abood decision, is that people who are not union members are required to pay a portion of union dues called fair share to pay for the cost of representation and collective bargaining. Mark Janus, a guy from Illinois who's a, a social worker, says he doesn't want to be in the union and he shouldn't have to pay anything because he doesn't agree with union policies often. So, he took the case to court and the Supreme Court this week ruled that Janice cannot be forced to pay anything. Not union dues, not the cost of not the cost of representing him in court or anything. So now this is going to gut public sector unions because part of their income is from these quote-unquote agency fees, fair share fees. So unions now are scrambling to figure out where to go after this. Um, Various various uh, fixes have been proposed. One of them required would be um, sector unionism. In other words, instead of just uh, negotiating with separate companies or separate uh, government entities, uh, unions would, be, workers would be organized by industry. So in other words, all railway workers, all transportation workers in a state. This is how it's done in uh, France and in Europe. Uh, others are to have the, uh, the states uh, recompense unions for their, for their representation. Like if I go to, I go to court with you, then as, as a union rep, then I would be recompensed uh, by the state to pay for your legal fees or our legal fees. There are various ideas. Uh, none of them, none of them really is a good fix at this point. Several unions, now unions are going to have to try harder. Several people on the right have said they're going to have to try harder, and it's true. Unions are going to have to pay more attention to organizing and face-to-face contact with the workers. So if I come up to you and you're not paying your union dues, a lot of people are going to say, well, hell, if I don't have to pay union dues, why the hell should I? They still got to represent me. Well, that's kind of a cynical, freeloader kind of approach, isn't it? 
if you're being represented and uh, you're you're benefiting by union activity, shouldn't you have to pay for it or pay something for it? Is Mr. Janus going to give away, give back all the money that he's earned since collective bargaining began and and raised his salary over and over again? Is he going to give that money back? I kind of doubt it. Um, it's like a freeloader's bill. And the Supreme Court 5-4 to four decision... Anthony Kennedy sort of punted on this and gave up and now has given uh, Dr. Death, Dr. Death, our president, (laughs) has put in his hands the right to name another Supreme Court justice. And you know it's not going to be some fair-minded, even-handed Person. It's going to be a right-wing Republican who will help take apart a lot of the social policy that the courts have built up, including this one, including maybe Roe v. Wade, uh, gay rights, women's rights, you name it. It's all on the chopping block. If you're a worker, you are in the sights now of our government. (sighs) Okay, well, it's depressing, but unions have survived tough times before. There's an article from Common Dreams, and the author is Sarah Anderson. She says... My ancestors' 19th century story is a reminder of how labor unions have bounced back from even bigger hits than the recent Supreme Court ruling. The U.S. Supreme Court has just dealt unions a bruising blow. In a 5-4 vote, the court ruled that public sector employees who benefit from unions' collective bargaining services will no longer have to pay for them. At least initially, this is expected to result in a steep drop in union resources and bargaining capacity, which will likely reduce employee pay. One Illinois University study, for example, predicts that public school teacher salaries in that state will drop by an average of 5.4%. Sure. When you take money away from unions, the people they represent lose money. That's what a lot of people don't understand. A lot of the right-wing pundits were saying, oh, well, the union is doing this and that. Union is raising things. There are all these stupid rules, and it all comes out of taxpayers' pockets. As if the people in the unions... The public sector workers, the teachers, the cops, the social workers, and on and on and on, are not taxpayers. No. The more money they make, the more taxes they pay, just like everybody else. She goes on, but over the course of its turbulent history, the American labor movement has survived much worse 
and it will find a way to get back on its feet. One of my ancestors was in the center of the drama during one of labor's most roiling eras. Albert G. Denny started as a child laborer in a glass factory. He eventually became national organizer for the Knights of Labor. As a young glass blower in Pittsburgh in 1877, he witnessed one of the most violent attacks on labor in our union's history. And railroad workers there joined a nationwide strike known as the Great Upheaval. The government sent in militia who opened fire on the workers, killing 20. The anti-union violence didn't end there. I have a copy of a telegram Albert sent the head of the Knights of Labor after learning that railroad baron Jay Gould's goons had shot into the crowd of strikers in East St. Louis, killing six. You should have Gould arrested and charged as an accessory to, mur to murder. Strike failed. Gould got richer and the Knights of Labor began to implode. Membership plummeted from 8,000 to 100,000 in 1890 and even faster. Nosedives on the modern labor movement's decline from 17.7 million in 1983 to 14.8 million in 2017. New forms of organizing took shape. By the 1930s, the movement was powerful enough to push Franklin Roosevelt to enact landmark labor legislation that workers still benefit from today, including the minimum wage and the 40-hour week. Once again, American workers will need to find new ways to build power against big money interests. Fortunately, this is already beginning. In anticipation of the Supreme Court ruling, public sector unions have been much more proactively reaching out to their members, hearing about their needs and concerns, and broadening the scope of their efforts beyond pay and benefits to immigrant rights, racial justice, and other social issues. Traditionally, non-unionized workers are also making some progress. Advocates for restaurant servers, for example, just won a Washington, D.C. ballot vote to eliminate the sub-minimum wage for tipped workers. Okay, now we can say, as we always say on this show, that's from Common Dreams website. We always say on this show... <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> um, as we always say, don't worry about organization, the demise of worker organization. There will always be worker organizations because the stupid capitalists, the rapacious ones, the ones who want to sweep the table clean always create 
always create this, the conditions that make for labor activism. We can say that certainly there are a lot of people who are dedicated to the labor movement and to unions in principle and will fight to the death for it. But there are many more people who will join the movement just because they're being pushed so hard and they don't have money to support their families and they have no hope and they're treated badly at work. The labor movement will always be alive and well because of that. What's being done now is that systematically the right wing is trying to take away the props to those feelings. Why should you be able to benefit from union activism and not help pay for it on the face of it? Okay. Enough said. Let's see. Uh, okay, what else are we going to cover today? Um, covered the immigration. I wanted to play part of the sort of the the epic poem of the Chicano people. I guess I'll play that later on. I am Joaquin talking about the the oppression that's been heaped on the head of the Chicano people who live among us and who live south of the United States. So we'll we'll get to that later on. Uh <clears throat> Let's play something for uh play play something for a nice Saturday morning. Let's let's wake up to some nice music and uh we'll talk more about the state of labor and the state of your labor in the United States. The Savoy. Should have played this first to cheer us up.
Okay. <clears throat> Amid all this bad news and anger and uh, determination, Saturday morning set started with Stomping at the Savoy by uh, Benny Goodman and his orchestra. And the reason that's significant is that the Savoy Ballroom in New York for a long time was the only place where black and white people could dance together, could uh, go and show off their show off their dance steps and dance with one another, meet one another, mingle. And we had Bob Marley with Stop That Train. Stop that train. Stop the big capitalist train. And then we had Summit Ridge Drive with Artie Shaw. And Shaw... Shaw... Um, distinguished himself in the late 30s when he insisted that uh, his band with singer Billie Holiday would stay at a, a segregated hotel, insisted that that uh, Billie Holiday be allowed to stay there and other uh, African-American members of his group. Ah... <sighs> Okay, let's see what uh, Radio Labor has to tell us today. Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a special Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, June 29th, 2018. I'm Mark Belanger. In the United States, the slow-moving right-wing coup has struck a major blow against public employee unions in the country. The U.S. Supreme Court has overturned a 40-year-old law which enabled unions to help non-union members in the workplace. The ruling will have profound effects on the funding of public employee unions. The law, called the Fair Share Law, allowed unions to charge non-union members a fee to cover collective bargaining conducted on their behalf. The so-called Fair Share Fee allowed workers to opt out of union membership, but made them pay their fair share of the expenses related to negotiations. None of the fair share fees went to political activities. The Janus case is named after a frontman for the right-wing organizations which funded the court action. Immediately after the Supreme Court decision was announced on Wednesday, June 27th, leaders of four major unions in the U.S. held a media conference to discuss the ruling. Lee Saunders is the president of the American Federal, County, State, and Municipal Employees Union, AFSCME. Today's Supreme Court decision makes it perfectly clear working people can't get a fair hearing before today's corporate-controlled Supreme Court. But let me be perfectly clear. We are not defeated. We are emboldened. Emboldened to organize and mobilize, to build power and take collective action. Millions of people across the country right now are organizing in unions and recommitting to their unions. Public support for unions is at a 15-year high. From the very beginning, the Janus case was about one thing, 
and one thing only. Corporate CEOs and wealthy special interests rigging the economy even more in their favor. The Supreme Court has shown that it is part of a rigged system that benefits the wealthiest Americans and no one else, that silences the voice of working people and takes away their seats at the table. Recent uh, Supreme Court decisions raise a very real question. Can ordinary people, women, Muslims, working people, LGBTQ people, get a legitimate and fair trial before the United States Supreme Court anymore? These are very serious times for our democracy. The Janus decision is bad for the economy and bad for democracy. It undermines the idea that working families deserve a fair shake. It hurts communities of color, for whom unions have historically been a ladder to the middle class. It flies in the face of our most cherished values, economic justice, shared prosperity, opportunity for everyone. With this decision, the court also overturns a longstanding precedent, one that has fostered labor peace, one that has served working people, their employers, and their communities well for more than four decades. They have chosen instead to facilitate a political attack on the labor movement, an attempt to, quote, defund and defang public sector unions. Those are the exact words used by the CEO of a coalition of right-wing think tanks. But the labor movement is bigger than any Supreme Court ruling. This decision will embolden working people to stick together in strong unions, to strengthen the bonds of solidarity to continue to build power in numbers and negotiate a fair return on their, un on their work. We will continue to improve our workplaces and strengthen our communities. We will continue to fight successfully for better wages, benefits, and working conditions for everyone. And we will fight on every single front, at the bargaining table, at work sites, in organizing campaigns, at the ballot box, in the halls of Congress, and state capitals nationwide. Another union at the media conference held to discuss the Janus case was the American Federation of Teachers. Randy Weingarten is the president of the AFT. Don't count us out. While the right wing's thirst and extremism, while the right wing's thirst for power and their extremism trump the aspirations and needs of communities and the people who serve them today. Workers are sticking with their union because unions are the best vehicle for working people to get ahead. And while our members are sticking with us and we're sticking with the community, we are also sticking together. That's who we are as people in the United States of America whether it's helping kids in schools or fighting for decent and affordable health care that stops them from taking away health care for people with pre-existing conditions, we will continue fighting, caring, showing up, and voting to make possible what is impossible for individuals acting alone. Whether it's winning parental leave in New York new contracts for teachers in Detroit that restored funding for schools or that restored minimums for graduate workers at the University of Michigan, or whether it was walking out four children and four public education in West Virginia, Oklahoma, or Arizona. As you can see, we are not wavering from our fight. 
we are doubling down on that fight. Yesterday, for example, we were at the border delivering books to children being held in detention camp tent cities in Tornillo, Texas. So at the same moment that the court is ripping away rights for workers and the Trump administration is ripping kids from their families, it is the unions of America with our allies that are helping kids because that is what our unions do. We help kids, we help communities, we help our members. And frankly, our members are with us. They see the union as a vehicle for a better life and as a way to stop employers and politicians from ripping them off. They know that the system is rigged against them and they want a system that supports the values we champion and they believe that unions help make possible what would be impossible for individuals acting alone. Lily Eskelson Garcia is the president of the National Education Association. We got into this business because we love other people's children. We dedicate our lives to our students. So we want to make very clear that the Janus decision that came down today had absolutely nothing to do with billionaires who funded uh, all of this uh, caring about fair share fee payers. This is an absolute unmitigated attack on working families. And they're attacking unions for one reason, and it's because we have always been the best pathway leading to a strong middle class. We protect the rights, the freedoms, the education opportunities of working people, and that is what Janice hopes to put an end to. Real freedom for working people. Real freedom is when you can earn a decent living wage. It means you can provide for your family, that you can take your kid to the doctor when he's sick, uh, that you can retire with dignity. Those are all things that the billionaires behind Janice have fought against um, for decades. And that's why we're under attack. I would just point out that 75% of educators in the United States are women. Uh, I'm a sixth grade teacher from Utah. I depended on a strong union in my state to advocate for me as a professional to be my collective voice. But we looked at so much more than just our professional integrity. Our union fights for equal opportunity for women, for communities of color, These that for all of those who've been systemically disadvantaged due to discrimination, due to prejudice. But I will tell you that as much as these forces have tried to weaken unions, and they have succeeded in many cases to put obstacles in our path, Janice is not going to stop us. The union, which has been leading the fight for a $15 minimum wage in the U.S., is the Service Employees International Union. Mary Kay Henry is the president of the SEIU. Union members across this country are united in understanding that we're not going to let these extremists behind this case divide us. Uh, We know that they've fueled an attack on working people since the founding of this nation. There's been historic structural exclusion of home and child care workers and farm, uh, farm workers from labor law and Social Security since the beginning 
of slavery in this country. And those workers are still trying to catch up because they were denied basic access to protections. We know that extremists have fueled severe anti-worker laws in places like Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, and Florida, where public service workers have had their wages cut and services to children have been reduced. And we know that the extremists fueled last year's massive tax cut for the rich and big corporations, which have escalated the cuts to public services like education, healthcare, and basic child nutrition, for God's sake. But we are not going to let these extreme actions or court case stand in our way. And we're proud to join with Ask Me AFT and NEA in getting our members to stick together and keep up the fight for our basic dignity and respect as human beings in this nation and for the good union jobs that our families and communities deserve. Because we know in our bones that when working people join together in unions, we have the power in numbers to not just raise wages and create good jobs, but we have the power in numbers to make our life better for our families, friends, and neighbors. Today's ruling only makes SEIU members even more determined to stick together with their coworkers in their union, to unite more workers together in unions, and to turn poverty wage work into good union jobs. And by continuing to expand the fight for 15 and the union and the fight for dignity for every Muslim and immigrant in this country, and the fight for clean air and clean water and all the other things that we know we need for a fair democracy and economy. Now here's Billy Bragg and company with Stickin' to the Union. There once was a union made who never was afraid But the goons and the geeks and the company fixed And the deputy sheriffs who made the raid And when the news was called She went to the union hall And when the Boys came round, she always stood her ground. Oh, you can't scare me, I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me, I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. This union maid was wise to the tricks of company spies. She couldn't be fooled by the company stool. She'd always organize the guys. She'd always get her way. When she strives for better pay, she'd show her card to the National Guard. And this is what she'd say. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking with the union. I'm sticking with the union. I'm sticking with the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking with the union. I'm sticking to the union. be free just take a tip from me join your hand with a union man into the 21st century as angela davis found we're all together bound let race and class and gender join to stand on common ground oh you can't scare me i'm sticking with the union i'm sticking with the union i'm sticking with the union oh you can't scare me I'm sticking to the union 
And that's it. International labor news you can use. You can find more labor news on our website at www.radiolabor.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Radio Labor with a... Uh a whole segment about Janice and the determination of four big public sector unions to fight, to stick to the union. Billy Bragg there with uh, the union made. You can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. Another big blow that the Supreme Court hit on working people was the Muslim ban. And the reason I say that, and the reason we're going to play Yosoy Joaquin, the, the Chicano epic poem, is because all the time anti-labor people want to divide us. Muslim, non-Muslim, Latino, white, men, women, gay, LGBTQT, and straight. As long as they can divide us, as long as they can make us afraid of one another, as long as they can make us suspicious of one another. We are divided. If all the working people in this world, if even a small percentage of the working people of this world would get together on that basis and act in concert, no right-wing government, no fascist could stand up to them. It's when we're divided that we lose. Okay, I want to play this little bit of this Yosoy Joaquin. Yosoy Joaquin is a poem that was written by a Chicano activist named Corky Gonzalez. Um, and let's see if we can get it now. Let's play a little music. This is electronic music from Monday. French Africa. One of the places where we can get inspiration is from the past. Uh, 
have lost the economic battle and won the struggle of cultural survival and now I must choose between the paradox of victory of the spirit despite physical hunger or to exist in the grasp of American social neurosis sterilization of the soul and a full stomach Yes, I have come a long way to nowhere. Unwillingly dragged by that monstrous technical industrial giant called progress. And Anglo success. I look at myself. I watch my brothers. I shed tears of sorrow. I sow seeds of hate. I withdraw to the safety within the circle of life. My own people. Chichimecas. I am the sword 
and flame for death and death I am the eagle and serpent of the Aztec civilization. I own the land as far as the eye could see under the crown of Spain. And I toiled on my earth and gave my Indian sweat and blood for the Spanish master who ruled with tyranny over man and beast and all that he could trample, but the ground was mine. I was both tyrant and slave. As Christian church took its place in God's good name, to take and use my virgin strength and trusting faith, the priests, both good and bad, took but gave a lasting truth that Spaniard, Indian, Mestizo were all God's children. And from these words grew men who prayed and fought for their own worth as human beings. For that golden moment of freedom! I was part in blood and spirit of that courageous village priest Hidalgo in the year 1810 who rang the bell of independence and gave out that lasting cry, El Grito de Dolores! Que vuelvo gauchupines! Viva la Virgen de Guadalupe! I sentenced him who was me. I excommunicated him my blood. I drove him from the pulpit to lead a bloody revolution for him and me. I killed him, his head, which is mine, and all of those who have come this way, I placed on that fortress wall to wait for independence. Morelos, Matamoros, Guerrero, all compañeros in the act stood against that wall of infamy to feel the hot gouge of lead that my hand made. I died with them. I lived with them. I lived to see our country free, free from Spanish rule in 1821. Mexico was free, the crown was gone, but all his parasites remained and ruled and taught with gun and flame and mystic power. I worked, I sweated, I bled, I prayed and waited silently to again commence. I fought and died for Don Benito Juarez, guardian of the Constitution. I was him on dusty roads, on barren plains, as he protected his archives as Moses did his sacraments. He held his Mexico in his hand on the most desolate and remote ground, which was his country. And this giant little Zapotec gave not one palm's breadth of his country's land to kings or monarchs or presidents of foreign power. Crude and warm.
A tornado with full strength nourished and inspired by the passion and the fire of all his earthly people. I am Emiliano Zapata. This land, this earth, is ours. I ride with revolutionists against myself. I am brutal, coarse, and brutal. I am the mountain Indian, superior over all. The thundering hoofbeats are my horses. The chattering machine guns are death to all of me. Yaki, Darumara, Chamula, Zapotec, Mestizo, Espanol. I have been the bloody revolution. The victor, the vanquished. I have killed and been killed. I am the despots Diaz and Huerta, and the apostle of democracy, Francisco Madero. I am the black shawled faithful women who die with me or live depending on the time and place. I rode the mountains of San Joaquin. I rode as far east and north as the Rocky Mountains and all men hit the guns of Joaquin Murrieta. I killed those men who dared to steal my mind who raped and killed my love, my wife. That was Yosoy Joaquin. I am Joaquin, part one of two. We'll see. Part two next week. These are the people... <clears throat> these are the children these are the people who live in the US and south of the border who want to come here and work it's not the first time these unspeakable things have been done at the border now ICE is going around uh, raiding places, people who turn themselves in for uh, routine check-ins are being arrested and deported. And it's not just Donald Trump. It's uh, Barack Obama as well. Under his administration, more people were deported than under uh, George W. Bush. As long as they can divide us as long as they can take working people and divide them into groups like this and hate one another and suspect one another. Then they will win and we will lose. Okay, Teamsters. Struggle ahead for a contract fight with a multi-million dollar package delivery giant. The Teamsters Bargaining Committee and UPS announced on June 21st a tentative agreement in principle on a national contract that is set to expire on July 31st. 
UPS put out a press release supporting the agreement. The business media have reported that this contract is a done deal, mouthing the company position that the contract is basically signed, sealed, and delivered to reassure business that a possible strike won't hinder their logistic needs. The fight is far from over, even if the Hoffa administration and UPS pretend that everything is business as usual. There's the small matter of the 260,000 rank-and-file Teamsters who have to vote on the national deal and also the working out of the supplements that pertain to certain regions of the country. Negotiators also still have to negotiate a separate agreement covering UPS freight. As long as one supplement isn't ratified, the contract can't go into effect. This is exactly what happened in 2013. It's clear that what's been agreed on by the leadership is more concessions to UPS, giving management more flexibility to create a new tier for package car drivers. If you've noticed, people are getting packages the more people shop online and packages are delivered by UPS and other freight companies right to your door. A new, new tier for package car drivers that will pay $6 less an hour and in inadequate raises. Dennis Taylor, one of the negotiators for the union, is so worried that it won't be ratified by the membership. He says, this is the very best ever negotiated for UPS members. I also remind the membership once again that they should not rely on misinformation that is circulating on the internet. Groups that are generating that misinformation do not have your best interests in mind, or do they? That was my quote. <laughs> Given what we know of the new tier in package car, the automated hubs that UPS is building or retooling in existing locations, and the Hoffa administration's lousy track record at UPS and other companies, we shouldn't trust him. The Hoffa administration called for a national strike authorization vote in May, something it didn't do the last contract fight. And 93% of UPS and 91% of UPS freight voted to authorize a walkout. Negotiations are scheduled for July 9th to 12th in Minneapolis on outstanding agreements. According to Teamsters United, following those negotiations, a two-person meeting will be held with two representatives from every Teamster local that represents UPS Teamsters. And that's uh, on socialistworkers.org. A UPS worker 
wrote that. And as I said, we draw, we draw courage and inspiration from the past. On this day, June 30th, in 2013, over 200 workers in Zhongzhi Pile Factory in Huizhou, Guangdong Province of China surrounded the company's office, trapping five executives inside, demanding unpaid wages and protesting against proposed layoffs. After four days of the occupation, the bosses caved in, agreed back pay and agreed to help workers keep workers employed. Boss napping. More on this short introduction. This is working class history website. On this day, June 28, 1976, Elena Quinteros, Uruguayan teacher, anarchist, and opponent of the military dictatorship, was kidnapped from the grounds of the Venezuelan embassy, having escaped military custody. Member of the Federación Anarquista Uruguaya, she escaped her army escort and jumped over the wall of the embassy, asking for sanctuary. Embassy staff tried to help her, but soldiers grabbed her and a tug of war ensued in which her leg was broken. Finally, the troops managed to drag her off and transport her, transport her to a military torture center where she was disappeared. The Venezuelan ambassador demanded her return, but it was refused, leading to a major diplomatic incident and resulting in Venezuela cutting off diplomatic ties with Uruguay. June 27, 1869, Emma Goldman, a legendary Jewish writer, feminist, birth control advocate, and anarchist, was born in Lithuania, emigrating to the United States. She was later expelled for her ideas. Emma Goldman. Of our labor cards. See if we can find that a little bit later. On this day, June 29, 1879, Pedro Villina Martinez, Spanish anarchist doctor and the Civil War fighter, was born. He was repeatedly jailed and exiled for his part in the struggles against the dictatorship and repression in Spain. And when the Civil War broke out in 1936, he began organizing militia groups. He headed a column of 500 miners on 19 July and took part in the taking of Santa Eufemia from the fascists. Je n'ai pas mon fils, tu ne 
He then took part in the worker-controlled health service. After Franco's victory, he was interned in France, but managed to escape to Mexico, where he set up a medical clinic and looked after the local indigenous people for the remainder of his life. Ladies and gentlemen, you're only alone when you don't stand up. <laughs> okay, working class history. Draw your inspiration from it. It's there for you. On this day, June 30th, 1993, after a year of bitter struggle, the strike at Burnsall, a metal finishing company in Smethwick, England, by mostly Asian women workers, ended after it was betrayed by the GMB union. Sometimes it's our own unions that are our enemies. If anything good can come out of Janus, it might be that certain unions will be more responsible to their members. All right, Labor and Love Radio. Let's let's play some music. Uh, played the deportees. The deportees. (laughs) Here's Barbara Dane's version. Crops are all in, and the peach trees are rotting, and the oranges are piled. In the crystal dumps Well, you're flying them back To the Mexican border To pay all their money to wait back again Goodbye to you, Juan And goodbye, Rosalita Goodbye, me amigo Jesus and Maria You won't have a name When you fly the big airplane And all they will call you Is just deportee My father's own father He waded that river Well, they took all the money That he made in his life My sisters and brothers Came working the fruit tree And they rode in the truck Till they took down and died And wouldn't buy till you won Goodbye, Rosalita Goodbye, mi amigo 
Jesus and Maria You won't have a name when you fly the big airplane For all they will call you just deportee Now some of us are illegal and some are not wanted Our work contracts out and we've got to move on 600 miles to the Mexican border They chase us like outlaws, like rustlers, like thieves Goodbye to you one and goodbye Rosalita When you ride the big airplane And all they will call you Is just deportee Well, we died in your hills And we died in your desert And we died in your valleys And we died on your plains We died neath your trees And we died neath the bushes Both sides of the river We died just the same Goodbye to you One goodbye, Rosalita Goodbye, mi amigo Jesus and Maria big airplane all they will call you will be deportee the sky plane caught fire over Los Gatos Canyon a fireball of lightning shook all our hills who are all those people all scattered like dry leaves the radio says they just deportees is this the best way we can grow our big orchards is this the best way we can grow our good fruit To fall like dry leaves and rot on your topsoil And be called by no name except Deportee Goodbye to you one, goodbye Rosalita
We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. I say we bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. I wanted more pay, but what I've got here today is more than I bargained for. When I walk through that door, I bring home I wanted more but what I've got here today is more than I bargained for. When I walk through that door, I bring home asbestosis and silicosis for round, long, black, long disease. And radiation hits the children before they've really been conceived. We bring more than just a little more. Well now workers lending here Cause it's important that you know That whatever job there is the fear That disease will take its toll If not disease then injury My lord maybe for your lot and if not injury, then stress is going to tie you up in knots. So we take home more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. We bring more than. but I don't want no more Don't accept no more Okay. 
About time to head out. Labor and Love Show, Labor and Love Radio for June 30th, 2018. Despite what happens, don't you ever let anybody. All right. Turn you each other that's what love is for don't you let, let nobody drag your spirit down Try your spirit let down
gets a dollar they didn't work for someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get you don't have a seat at the table where you work the negotiating table that is you're on the menu never but never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor and when I say labor I mean you Mutiny Radio needs your help out there please join our GoFundMe and give as much as you can to keep true community radio and the true community arts center alive and well. That's meetmeradio.fm and it's at GoFundMe. We're going out with the Internacional. This is Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the rock. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. Yes. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skin Care. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army. District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. 
Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. Hey folks, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show on MutinyRadio.fm. Let's roll. 